Yes, welcome to the Podnote Podcast. Hello, everybody. Good evening. Hello, hello. Thanks for coming back, all the listeners out there. Um, right, who we got in tonight? It's a bit of a reduced crowd, isn't it? We've got Whiteside, myself, Duffman, and Cugsy. Oh, welcome! Oh, and what? Well, well, hang on, one more in yeah, the room. Yeah, we've got one a special guest, and uh, we'll just say he's Joe the Barber. Joe the Barber in yeah. France, as he's known. And he is. In, <laughs> I've, I've actually wrote a little description of what you are, as well as a barber, Joe. Okay. Oh no, be, be so, gentle. But, a psychonaut who is an intrepid multi-dimensional explorer. I thought. <laughs> so we'll move on to that in a minute. But just before, we'd like to put a disclaimer on. And the disclaimer is that anything we talk about tonight... Or any other night. Yeah, or any other night for that matter. Shouldn't be deemed as any sort of medical advice. And it's for entertainment purposes only. So anything we talk about tonight is just in jest, shall we say, and fun. Just say no. Okay, so on that thing, we're going to move on to the topic tonight of psychedelics. Crazy world of psychedelics. I'm a tree. So psychedelics boys, obviously they're making the headlines quite a bit. There's a lot, quite a lot of documentaries out at the moment that I'd like to discuss and have a little talk about what we think in general about psychedelics, Joe. So can okay. you give us a little bit of inside information, should we say, on psychedelics? You know, have you used what them? What are they? What are they? Well, the mind-altering substances, by that's how some people would class them. Personally, I see them as doorways sometimes, you know, healing properties, many different things, plant-based things that can just help us move so plant-based not yeah. you're not talking about lsd and, and well, artificially you your... creative stuff you're, you're down the, the natural path is that right yeah more so obviously yeah. maybe had a little play about with some synthetic yeah. versions but yeah so more so like natural. like your mushrooms like psilocybin and stuff like that which is magic mushrooms for the general public to yeah. know out there so when did you first come across your first experience with magic mushrooms mine was about seven years ago that was my first encounter and that was in Amsterdam with a few friends. Quite really interesting. And yeah, just found it really amazing, really, because at first, first time I didn't know much about them, just kind of had a little go, and found it amazing how much it kind of connected between us with experience the same things, see the same things. And that kind of opened my mind into thinking, well, this is more than just like something to be played around with, something a bit more. So I've, as you've moved through the gears, as time's gone on, what sort of experiences have you had now, now going for some as a more ex- experienced intrepid interdimensional <laughs> yeah i've had a few of them so i've, I've had a little explore with the dmt as well i've tried that i had like a really interesting experience on there which got really quite deep i don't know if you want me to go into that yet Let's give us a typical sort of setting you know like we know there's there's, there's a few rules isn't there to, to, yeah. to doing these things are not meant to be taken lightly yeah, so I, I stopped kind of just, like the first time was a bit more of like a typical lad's trip away. We had a little experience. Like recreational great. drugs. Yeah, 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 just on the mushrooms. It was just like, it was good, but like it was just was what it lot. was. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But as I say, that opened up my mind really as to what you could experience through it. Things like the Joe Rogan podcast, stuff like that, hearing things, Terence McKenna, reading a little bit about that. This kind of got me thinking a bit differently with it. So then the next few times I've done it since then, it's always been like, fasting for like at least eight hours before it no sugar the day before i do like yoga before it well basically when i take it i tend to so you know some relaxed going in, into your journey yeah for me i feel like the first kind of like 40 minutes to an hour lets me get really into my fibers so i just feel like i get like a new connection with my body 
and uh, I like to explore that a little bit so then kind of stretch into it I say no kind of food no drink like bar water maybe a bit of green tea so after that phase has sort of started what what's the next phase in, in the scenario I know by the way but I'll, I'll elaborate on that in a minute getting all warm and tingly yeah. <laughs> that's normally it for me like so that's when I feel it coming on and yeah I just let it roll from there really each time's been a little bit different and, and visual wise what do you sort of find that you you, you see <clears throat> as well enhanced colors shapes uh, things bending moving I think when you start talking about that I hear a lot of people talking about like giant spiders and all this type of stuff and I think that's just stuff that over the years people have talked about these type of things get them in the head and then worry about it and then they self-project that whereas like I, I just feel quite calm about it so I don't get like these intense like I don't know like altered realities I don't get that I just like kind of tune in more I don't feel like I'm tuning out I feel like I'm tuning in but do you believe you tune into a different frequency 100%. You, you know it is and like obviously being out in nature is another massive thing the visuals are absolutely stunning when you're out in nature and so anyone who's wants to do their own research and have a little delve down this rabbit hole it's really interesting at the moment there's a lot of documentaries now that have come out like uh, how to change your mind on Netflix which is a really good starting point for anyone looking at this yeah. sort of you know genre should we say yeah. uh, and it's really good I've watched two movies recently one called Dosed where they got a girl off heroin which is really interesting because the opioid crisis in America is huge mm -hmm. and there's, there's a plant called the aboga plant so you know do your research on that guys really and I've seen a fantastic one a couple of weeks ago and I had to pay for it online it's called Dosed the Trip of a Lifetime and a lady uses psychedelics and cannabis oil to to really get rid of terminal cancer, should we say? She gave her six yeah. months to live. Four years later, she's still alive. So wow. there's definitely some research there for people to go out and have a look. There's lots of books by Paul Stamets, for instance, on lots of psychedelics and mushrooms in general, because mm -hmm. it, it is good. Typically, when would you say to someone to do it and what sort of, what was the, the setting setting would be? When you said about nature and stuff before, that's a big one for me. I don't like to be confined within four walls. Although I think sometimes if someone's having their first experience, I think that can help being in, in a comfortable... Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, for sure. But I like to be out in nature, explore a little bit, but not too out wild, just kind of maybe a, like a wild camp or something. I've done, I've done that type of stuff and enjoyed it. Camping experience actually been a particular favourite of mine, to be fair. I've, I've done a, a, a couple of experiences personally myself. That was something I didn't get into lightly. I... It was probably about two or three years looking into that. I'd been to some conferences, went to a conference in the Camp and Fairness on it, read some books by Paul Stamets, fantastic fun guy, great mm -hmm. book. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a so, documentary of that, isn't there? Yeah, there's a yeah. documentary on Netflix, and it was so, something I wanted answers from the universe, so when I went under, I had a fear of death, probably the only fear mm -hmm. really I've got. When I was under it, I got this big purple wave of energy compass and sort of told me everything I needed to know about where we go, where we transcend to and it was mind-blowing yeah and these things aren't something you want to do all the time when you do it you don't want to do it again so you know what i mean like some people use drugs and they're on them every week this has been demonized hasn't it since the 60s really that yeah. it's a bad thing but let's be honest it grows in the ground doesn't it 100 and th the last time i done it was this summer and i learned a lot about gratitude and greed when i was under the emotions that it tells me and the, like, the visuals are stunning, absolutely stunning. Yeah. The geometric patterns, the sky, the trees are alive, they'll hike on that avatar. It's, it's, it's breathtaking. It's like something 
super super hd you've never seen anything like with your eyes the capabilities of what you can see when you tune into that different channel it, we were it's interviewing him. yeah <laughs> i'm just like <laughs> all of it yeah back to you joe no i i feel the same like when you said there about the fear of death so my first experience was about two months of coming back from traveling in australia i was actually living out there for a couple of years and got some bad news about my mum. She, she had been classed as terminally ill. So I was back here within five days. Life was like a real mess at that time. And then we went to Amsterdam, I'd say about two and a half months after that, just after Christmas, just before New Year. And I was a bit anxious about taking them, to be honest with you. Like a few friends had done them. I was thinking, I don't know whether I'm in a good spot for this really, you know. But when I did do them, it was all good. Like, as you say before, it started with all the visuals, the warm feelings, all that type of stuff geometric patterns everything was like great like that and then we got like really into the music music just sounds like like multi-dimensional like you said before it feels like it's traveling through you yeah and uh, i got really lost in this one particular album and we were we were on them and i remember just closing my eyes and just disappearing into it and i went through this tunnel and i could just see all these different lights and like uh, i think you used the word before like uh, worms of energy or something like that or something similar yeah. and that's how i i felt and i could see all this happening I got to the bottom of this tunnel and I just ended up in this like black hole, kind of like, have you seen Stranger Things? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like like in the upside, the upside down, down, yeah. but, yeah, not, yeah. but not scary, yeah, yeah. you know, like all like nice colors and like a friendly environment. And like this voice was just saying, listen, like it's, it's going to be okay. Like it's not going to work out how you want it to, to work out, but it's going to be okay. And you'll take from it what you need and then you'll move forward and you've just got to keep moving forward. And I just felt like that. And that was basically what I was referring to before what opened up my mind into thinking, oh, there's definitely more to this. It felt like home, didn't it? It felt like home. So, so, yeah. So can I ask then, what you're describing there mm. is if I'm going to be like Mr. Science, or it sounds to me like they've, the, the active ingredient has removed a barrier in your brain and you, you know all the doubts and the anxious stuff that goes through your brain when yeah. you're affected by trauma and all that kind of thing through your life. It sounds like that barrier's just come down and you've been ac able to access your true gut feel from it. It sounds like yeah. a, it's a medicinal purpose. It's not a recreational purpose, isn't it? Yeah, that's, that's what, what, that's you, what that's changed what, my viewpoint. That's what you're experiencing yeah. now, isn't it? That's, am I right? Yeah. It does alleviate anxiety. I mean, the after effects can go on for months as well, can't mm. they? You know that feeling of... Do you mean like as in you still see things after months? No, no, no. Just like actually you feel just great about yourself. Right. You're not anxious. You seem to time seems to be better there's just a lot of side effects well should i say side effects the good effects aren't mm. they like you just general sense of well-being that loss of anxiety from you know they do it definitely help with anxiety for people okay so there's going to be people listening to this saying like we should all go to jail for talking about this and you <laughs> two definitely should yeah definitely <laughs> but can you get mushrooms in there <laughs> <laughs> probably easier to get them in than out speaking from a, a, a it, it's interesting from a societal point of view, you've got people hooked on painkillers, hooked on antidepressants, people with real pain and trauma. And I'm, I've listened to quite a lot of reports. Is it in North America, they've legalized this stuff or decriminalized it in a lot of states and they're yeah. using it on soldiers for PTSD yeah. treatment. They're using it for people with bipolar and se severe depression disorders. It seems to me like the, this medicine that's in these plants has been used for thousands of years by people in South America and in oh, Africa and that. Yeah, that's, yeah. And it does seem to me like there is, a, not in Britain, but certainly around the globe, there's a move towards exploring what these things can do for people. Go on, Cubs. But the thing is, it's like I, I get everything that you say there, but 
it's the sort of thing that because that isn't controlled by big pharma, that's why it's not getting out to like the you know the wider world. But they are trying at the moment on that dosed trip <clears throat> of a lifetime. They're trying to corporatize it. But the thing is, it's magic. There's not just science in the world. There's a combination of science and magic. And it's the to, force. To, yeah, to <laughs> you learn to marry the two hand in hand. That's when we'll fu- the future of humanity will move on more because it's all corporate greed all the time. That's it doesn't doesn't work for that purpose, does it? Mm, no. It sort of defies it. Well, to be honest, on this topic, I've actually got a friend who, who's had a, a specific experience of what we're talking about. So he was on antidepressants for quite quite some time, really struggling with things, and he kind of came across all this information separately to me. Like we didn't have this dialect between us. It just came out further down the line, but at some point he basically worked his way off the antidepressants and he started microdosing mushrooms. So forgive me if I'm wrong, but basically I think it was about 0.3 milligrams a day or something. Yeah, I think that's classed as microdose, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, so he was microdosing each day and he just basically proceeded with that and the, the change in him has been phenomenal. I'm not just saying that, honestly, like it's been amazing. So this lad was really stuck in a rut, couldn't hold the job down, falling out with everyone, very insular, all these type of things. And through that, he's really been able to like explore himself, work on himself. And he's now in New Zealand, traveling the world, like, you know, and just living his best life. It's amazing to see, like, it's it's phenomenal. It, it's amazing how it's been demonized, hasn't it? It's been out for thousands of years and people across all tribes, across all nations have, have used it from Australia to, to America. It, it's phenomenal that how demonized it is. It just blows my mind. A lot of people have approached me knowing my thoughts on it recently mm. and asked me what to do. Obviously, I say to them they have to do their own research. But they're looking for answers. And the question they always ask is, what if I lose the plot? <laughs> right? And the answer is that is if you want to lose the plot, that's what's going to happen. Yeah. But if you go in and think, no, I'm in control. I'm a sane person. I know what I want to do. And I'm going to take this step off the shelf like Indiana Jones in The Last Crusade. You've got to just... Do it, and once you do it, you'll be amazed. But you have to build up to that. It's not something you can do lightly. I understand. You have to mentally prepare, and that is so important. Like you're setting, you're setting. I can't reiterate that enough. You've got to be with people you trust in a trusted environment as well. You can't just be doing it in the middle of the Asda car park because that's not going to go down well. <laughs> and what about like you know, we said about losing your mind. I know plenty of people who have been on antidepressants and other things like this and have lost their mind. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, so what have got to lose? Yeah, and that's the thing. Or, or maybe they don't lose their mind, but maybe they're just numb. And I'm not saying there's not a place for that. Personally, through things I've seen over the years and, and pe- different people's experiences, I think there's a time and a place for that. I think if someone's spiraling out of control. Maybe sometimes that is the case. You know, you need to step in and, and balance someone a little bit. But I don't believe that's a long-term solution. That's just putting a Band-Aid on it. You're not ready to do any work. If, you, if you're in that position and you're under that type of influence, like, I'm, I'm not a doctor, obviously. I'm not trying to claim to be. But at the same time, I, I, you see that pattern, don't you? You see these people who end up on antidepressants and just stay on them. And yeah, like, it, I, I, I don't believe that should be a thing. There's Don't a bit of an epidemic on it, to be fair. Like, yeah. It's not until we sort it out. I mean, look at the countries around the world, the amount of mental health problems there is at the moment. It's mm. definitely they're, def- they're definitely stacking up, and modern life is, is crushing people's spirit. For sure. Definitely. And if there's something in this, then it should be explored. I was discussing this with a friend and when we knew we were going to talk about this on the podcast, and I was saying, what do you think of it? And he was like, he said, do you see all the f- them pyramids they've built? thousands and thousands of years ago 
there's there's two theories on it. Either they had help from aliens or something, yeah. because the, 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 these things are in perfect alignment with the stars, or they've had some sort of mental jump in yeah. their intelligence levels or their inspiration levels to think they didn't go from sort of carving spears with rocks and bronze to just going, hey, let's build a geometrically perfect pyramid right over there in alignment with but, all of the stars in the sky. Something's happened, and, and yeah. his belief is that these people have been sitting around fires doing mushrooms, and it's inspired them, and it's opened their mind to techniques and skills that they didn't yeah. know they had. It's the stoned ape theory, isn't it? So, is that what it's called? Yeah, yeah. so yeah. over 200,000 years, apes were meant to have ate mushrooms. That could have been like bison dung or something, I think it was. It was. But what it is, they can't prove it because they can't replicate time fast enough to be able to tell you whether that's true or not. Oh, you mean like evolution and stuff? Yeah, yeah, so you yeah. Can't, so you like, can't speed evolution rats. up. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, that, it's only a theory. I think it might have been Terence McKenna's theory as well, the Stone Ape theory. Is that part of his, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah I yeah. think so. Don't quote me on that, but yeah. It's, uh, so basically, it's all about the Portobello's. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like I say, <laughs> there, is, there is places if you say a child enough and you want to you experiment yourself. I just think before you die, everyone should overturn that stone. But this is just for entertainment purposes. For entertainment don't do purposes, kids. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's dead interesting. Thanks for coming on. Yeah. Uh, it's not something. I'm not a trained doctor, and I don't know anything about medicine. I certainly don't know much about the human brain. But you see the pain around you in modern life. And well, there just, is a, there is a little thing yeah. about the human brain while you're on there. When I went to this conference, there was a doctor, and he's trialing it mm. in the UK. He's only one guy. I can't remember his name now. And he said to these brain surgeons and brain doctors, and he said, right, what do you think is going to happen when we do a CT scan of someone on psilocybin? And they were all saying, oh, these synapses are going to be firing over here and firing over here, you know, all these brain activity. And when they looked at it, there were hardly anything was happening. The only slight things were happening was the left and right cerebral were talking to each other. Which they don't normally do. Which they do. don't normally do. So it was making neural pathways between the two sides of your brain, which is something that never happens. So something's happened on a subatomic level yeah. to tune your it brain. It does happen, though, because you read reports about all the Silicon Valley, all of their employees are microdosing, aren't they? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, for creative. Know, yeah, for cre to get the creative juices flowing. Like, I mean, there's something there. I do believe there's something there. It's something that you, I hope that it can be explored exploited but certainly developed upon for the good of humankind mm. if it can benefit people it needs to be proved that it can but if it can then i wouldn't mind seeing it develop until you remove that corporate greed element though the and world's now, not going to move forward that's what i'm suspicious of you see paul because the thing is what they'll do is they'll mix it with a bit of nicotine and a, do you know what yeah, i mean yeah. or something that means you're just dependent upon it like, it'll so, become an active ingredient in uh, vapes yeah, 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 yeah. Just, yeah there'll be something like that and i think that's what i don't trust about it so i would like to just state at this point we've asked flynn to go into the green room and step out because this was like an over 18s conversation so talking about corporate greed we'll go to the sponsors while we go and get them at Broadway Carpets and Flooring, we literally roll out the red carpets for our customers. Check out our huge range of carpets and flooring available at great prices. Plus, we also offer a free home estimate too. Visit broadway45carpets.com or check us out on Facebook at 45 Broadway Carpets. Right, it's Flynn on the podcast. Yes, Flynn's in the room. Yes, Flynn. Yes, Flynn. Yes, Flynn. Yes, Flynn. 
No, it's not Tetris. It's not Super Mario. We are talking artificial intelligence. We all saw on the news this, this week our Prime Minister doing his best to get a job with their Elon Musk when he gets booted <laughs> out next year. He's, it was quite desperate, wasn't it, watching him do that? But AI is on. It's a hot topic. It's out the park, isn't it? You see, now, right. Can I go first? Go on. Be my guest. Right. A few years ago, right. You got replaced by AI. A few years ago, Cugsy, right, there was a couple of car companies in Germany and they were given CO2 limits that their cars must fall under. They would run the car, sitting on rollers for hours with it, with it measuring out the exhaust and the authorities would measure the CO2 coming out of the car. They had to emit less than 300 cubic centimetres of CO2 every 100 kilometres. Fine, you get a check. But if it was over, you weren't allowed to release that car. Or you'd have to pay more tax on that car. Do you know they, this is about AI, don't you? I'm coming to that. <laughs> now, they invented a device that meant that the car knew when it was stationary, i.e. getting tested and not driven on the road, which meant the car would flick into idle mode and cheat the system. Volkswagen have been found guilty of this. BMW. Lots of manufacturers are all being sued for this at the moment. But the fact is they cheated the system with a device that knew when the cars were stationary when they weren't driving to kick out lower pollution levels. Cheat the test. They then subsequently have released millions of cars to drive on the road to release loads of crap into our atmosphere. These are the kind of people who are in charge of the development of AI. I don't trust it. With the development of AI, it's out the bag, right? So I've downloaded something at the weekend and I've been playing with AI. I've been sending you some you dirty it, boy. Yeah, I've been sending <laughs> you some images and they're absolutely breathtaking, aren't they? I'm gonna post some on our social media. What designs are they made. Don't want to know about what you're sending us <laughs> on the mobile. You phone. can't do anything rude, I tried. <laughs> so anyway, they're absolutely phenomenal. If I was a graphic designer now, I'd be looking for another job because they're absolutely kick ass. We've made had a new logo made by AI. This show actually partly gets edited by AI. And it's here, it's here to stay. You don't don't realise. And I'm a big person on freedom. And lately, I've been looking at AI and I've changed my mind. I think it's the next stage in evolution. We're talking about evolution now. I think we're going to go with it. Now, it'll do the menial tasks to save us time. Now, time is the most precious commodity, more than money, more than anything that we need. And so if it saves you time, is it not worth it? Right, so going to what my dad said there about... AI being a force for good and an AI being like part of evolution. Starting on the pessimistic side, I don't agree with that because I saw it on the internet the other day and it, it said there's two sides. What the elites want you to evolve in and it's to evolve with AI and connected to technology and it's what they don't want you to, to evolve to and that's to evolve to be more spiritually spiritual yeah. awakening. And if you if you like... Knowledge is one of the most powerful things, and that's what AI's got. But human knowledge, and if you use that knowledge personally, you can spiritually awaken. If we evolve with the AI, I know you've got AI now, but if we let AI get too much power, you saw it in so many movies, Blade Runner, um, Terminator. Like, AI is just... I think it'll be just turn negative. There are positives. Think about it in daily life. They help you with time, which is... Time's very precious, like you said, and it's 
something that we need to use wisely. So I just think we need to not use that as much as me dad's saying. But I think it does have some positives as well. I mean, just to jump in there, I think take away AI for a second and just let's talk modern day technology. Do we not feel like that's already massively distracted us from like the spiritual side? And oh, awakening? huge, huge. I'm Maybe saying, it'll get, we'll use it less though because the AI can will take over, yeah, can do that side of things for you. <laughs> it, it's quite an incessant thing. I thought about AI running the government instead of no, like politicians no, doing it. No. And I'll tell you why, right? I'll tell you why. If you could get rid of a lot of politicians and all the cronyism, right? So AI will... Look at something like HS2 and it will go, that company can do it for this. It's got all the data on who does what. It can come up with a plan. It can come up with Google Earth images. It's got all the data available to it on the internet. It picks the best routes. Who got to build it off? Maybe reviews what builders are the best, blah, blah, blah. Puts that team together without anyone lying in the mate's pockets. So say it might do it for 14 billion. That's where they said they're going to do it for 60 billion. It will be able to figure that stuff out and, and cut through but all the some, bureaucratic but some, bullshit. But somebody's designed that AI, and that is a, a company which is probably owned by people who are wealthy from certain demographic backgrounds who are going to protect their own interests. What you do, AI is only as good as the information that goes into it. So therefore, you don't have information on poor people who live in developing nations in bloody Chad or whatever, do you? So those people are automatically disadvantaged. Do you follow what I mean? The way I look at it is we're going to have to embrace it because there's a a technological advance all the time in things that are going on in the background. This has been something that's been obviously spoken about for many, many years, and it's only now where it's it's really starting to come to the the, the forefront. We've just had all this business in uh, Hollywood saying actors can go out because they could just do like a digital impression of them and whose well, children are they gonna eat then <laughs> but it's, it's like one of the things that you just have to accept about like ai it's like right now the biggest and most talked about song around the world is that new beatles song which has yeah. only come to the forefront because of technological advances and ai being allowed to manipulate this john lennon vocal so we're gonna get it infiltrating more and more yeah, well, I mean, Elon Musk himself, I listened to him on Joe Rogan, the first one I think he done yeah, yeah. a good few years ago. And he said at that point, he said we were already at the stage where we had to combine because he said it was already that advanced that that was the best hope he had. Apparently, like 10 years ago, he was going to like government and that saying like, listen, we need to slow down with this because once it started communicating between itself, the different versions of AI and stuff, and he spotted it speaking its own languages, things like this, they had to shut certain things down. <laughs> Once then things came to light, they were like, oh, what's happening here? But it basically he said that he just wasn't listened to on that. I mean, obviously everyone's got different opinions on Elon. But then anyway, so now he's basically saying the best thing we can do is combine with it. Because up until this point in history, as far as we know, human intelligence has always been the greatest intelligence on the planet. And that's the thing that separated us. Like if we're out in the wilderness now and there's lions and tigers, we're not lasting, are we? But the one thing that separates us is the mind. So as a combined force, we've been able to obviously become that super species on the planet, haven't we? Yep. Whereas like with AI, this is going to be the first time where 
human intelligence is no longer the greatest intelligence. Do you reckon all the lions and tigers are going to be pointing at us going, <laughs> you fucking idiots. Yeah, you lost when your I, advantage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I that think it's, 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 it's interesting, but it's frightening. I think that's the thing. It's, it's terrifying. Yeah. You do read stories on the internet about those robot hoovers after the dog's done a poo in the living room and stuff, and it's not good. <laughs> it's... <laughs> you know, so it's not there yet, but I'd, I'm, I fear for it. But do you know what? I'm not scared of the AI. I'm scared of the people who own the AI the company. Use of it. Yep. That's, I don't think that people act with perfect intentions. Look at free market economics. That's supposed to be perfect. And people get screwed on a day-to-day basis for it. Yeah. I think that's very clever what John said there about the people who own it. Because look at it now. Um, if you look in all newspapers, who's talking about AI? The king, Elon Musk. Who are they? They're all elitist billionaires yeah. who are trying to push their point of view. And what he's saying is very clever because think about the powerful countries now, Dubai, and what they're doing to the workers. Think about how they can exploit people with AI. And this moves on to a different point is how history can be manipulated. And think about it in Google. They're pushing agendas, so they're getting rid of some history and there'll be lots more lost history because AI you can just go slam that out no that didn't happen give it two generations time and it'll be forgotten so that's the danger of it and massive censorship you can do with AI so think about the powers when they use AI you've got to think about there's got to be limitations on and just a little last point here is I've just started a book called Fahrenheit 451 it's the degrees in which book paper burns and it's about censorship and governments burning books and burning knowledge. But I just think that knowledge is one of the most powerful things in the universe. And human knowledge, when you open your mind and just gain more knowledge in any genre of life, that's more powerful than AI. That's what I believe. Yeah. I remember my point now. <laughs> Go. So I think part of them getting together was how did they keep the system in chains because i think it's that intelligence it's only in its infancy at the moment so playing around with the ai myself at the weekend it was making lots of mistakes it, even in basic spelling and i was like it's got its hands tied i think they'll underestimate is if it's got human intelligence and input and it becomes intelligent enough as humans we've always been able to circumvent things find clever things around things are we going to underestimate this thing and it's going to go live it's going to turn into skynet so i think by working hand in hand by if we can if it's not manipulated in the background but if it escapes it's going to go right am i working with these or against them and so that's what you've got to think so one of the things obviously the top we were talking about there before is when you combine the two together the ai with human now if we do get to that stage, like the Neuralink, which for anyone who doesn't know is Musk has been working on, like this like chip in your brain, et cetera, et cetera, which will allow you to directly access that information. So if they put out a thing today and said, right, there's 100 people, we want 100 people to come and sign up for this, who's going to go first? Now, I don't know whether I wouldn't want to do that, but say you're one of them 100 people, like you're saying there. Them people who camp outside the phone shop. No, no, but anyone. So, like, you know, you're saying about, like, the people in power. What if they are the ones who go and do it? Ah. Right? So what if these, like, crazed lunatics with nothing but power in mind, they go and get this AI implanted in their brain? Well, they're going to have all the information needed. So they've got, like, 
these superhumans. So it, yeah, it, yeah, well, it you know, might only how far might, is that going to go? It might only take ten people, yeah. and it locks up society. Super brains, yeah. you know, and then uh, for the answers and the things that they've not been able to work out up until this point, and, and then they've got it. Yeah, and so I'm with you on that, John. To be honest, like, yeah. I, I'm terrified of the people who own this and how far they're going to go with it. My only, my hope. Well, sorry, it it sounds a bit corny, but the one thing that AI doesn't understand is love and compassion. It yeah. won't understand that because you can't, none of us do. We just know we feel it. We don't know why, do we? So you think to yourself, if it gets to a point where it starts to become a, a foot on the neck of the people, we will all think about our loved ones and the effect it's going to have and we will mobilize because we're lazy, aren't we? I agree with John, but I think myself, I've been pessimistic about it, been negative about it, but I'm going to do say a positive about AI now and it's that, AI can't, can't feel, it can't create love and passion, but it can allow us to become more creative. And in that, making us more creative, then humans can express love and emotions through being more creative. I think it's that side to it as well. Coming back to the love and emotion thing, I did send you a video. No, not everyone was able to access it today, but it was Zuckerberg and this other guy of a podcast. And with enough information on someone like data, emails, videos, sound bites, and everything, you could be in the room. You could go literally like Neo does in the Matrix. You can go into a room, pick a location, and you could be with a loved one, someone who's not here anymore, and that can replicate them. And I just thought that was phenomenal. I just thought, wow, that might help with the grieving process. Who knows? Yeah, because that was one of the, the things that the guy who's presenting it, he turned around and he said, with all like the access that you've got to images, videos, recordings, you know, of, of loved ones lost, that you could recreate and you could actually... I mean, for me personally, if I could like sit there and like have one minute with my mum and dad again, that would just be amazing. I don't know what it'd, it'd do to you like after it, but just having that like that one thing, I think it'd be amazing. I think that's a really good point what you've all raised there and, and that sounds in theory like really good technology but isn't it something like 99% of all internet traffic porn it's just going to go that way it's you know yeah. that, all that kind of stuff it's got nothing to do it sounds great in theory but I just don't believe they'll, they'll enact it for those reasons I mean reasons. I've seen the demonstrations of it and it looks very very strong that's one of the neighbours with a wizard at 7 o'clock at night mm-hmm. building an extension so if anyone's picking up that sound on the mics. Yeah, sorry about the, the builders next door, yeah. It just happened when you started talking about porn. Yeah. Nothing's going off in here. <laughs> the, the morning process, though, it can be quite scary, I think. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be an I advocate go back for and, it. I, wouldn't go I just back think getting AI something. involved with sort of that sensitive is a big no. Maybe you'd have AI and then you have mushrooms as well. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there you have put psychedelics with, with AI. You could put AI on mushrooms, couldn't yeah, you? Yeah. See that, that. I tried that at the weekend when I was messing around with it, actually. And some of the pictures it sent me were phenomenal. All right, let's have a straw poll. AI in favour or nay? AI or nay? It's a new tech. I like that. I'm going to go, yeah. I'm oh, gonna go with AI. 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 An AI. AI. It's it's an it's a no from me, guys. An AI. An AI. An AI. AI. Flynn. It's new. It's gonna have to be a no from me. An no AI. For AI. An AI. I'm gonna go AI and that eye's a little nipple. Bing. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's an AI. The AIs have got it. Just yeah. yeah. I didn't think of that. Fight the power. John O'Connor. So, yeah, I'm gonna put it out to anyone. 
in the description you can find us at Podnauts, P-O-D-N-A-U-T-S. Podnauts. Yes, Podnauts. You'll find us on Instagram and on Facebook. Links are in the description. I'm going to ask anyone who wants to send me a message on any of them platforms, anything you want me to make an AI image of, and I'll send you your own personal picture back. What I must say as well is we own the copyright to the pictures that we make as well. So if I make a picture... AI can't own the copyright and neither can the company. It's not recognized at the moment. So get filling your boots with this. I'll I'll put enough links about everything you need to know or message me and you can find out. Just on that note, I know I'm an AI. I'm an AI, but I did actually hear one good use of this. Actually, one of my clients, his partner is writing a children's book. So she's got all the literature for it, but obviously didn't have the animation and she's using the AI to create um, it, and yeah. it's pretty phenomenal to be I, honest. I must with you. admit, like the way it, it's been drawn. My brain is crazy, and it's like a family partner in crime at the weekend. I was like, <laughs> oh my god, all the stuff that's coming in my head is going on the page, and I'm like, but even better in Super HD, like it's on mushies. Yeah. So it's for me, it, it's been a phenomenal breakthrough. So what you're doing with these pictures is it just literally interpreting? I'm putting where, what's in my head so, on the description. So and you then, just do that, it's like words or... Yeah, just words. So, for instance, I was messing around before, put, like, pod notes with spacesuits on, with proton packs as mic- with microphone heads, firing protons down a corridor with the shining carpet, and it done it. And I was like, wow. And obviously, all the psychedelic ones. The cover for today's show is... It come up with the name Psychedelia AI, which I'm going to call the show. I asked it to make me a psychedelic game based on Ready Player One. And the, the, when you see the cover, it is absolutely stunning. It's one of the best things I've ever seen. It's time for Lost in Music. It is. It's the favourite bit of the show. Everybody loves it. It's Lost in Music, everyone. Send us your favourite songs and we will recommend them and put them on the playlist. I'll do some AI pictures of your throne shapes. First today, we've got our very own Joe the Barber, Psychonaut. And what was your choice, mate? So mine was Alabama Shakes. And there's a reason for that? Yeah, it, it was a song called Don't Wanna Fight No More. And it was the album I was listening to the first time I took mushrooms. That's their second shout on the board, yeah, Alabama Shakes, isn't it? Yeah. I'd just like to put a bean coming under a bit of criticism for me a uh, snippet choice obviously because of copyright I can only play things so our very own music maestro Mr Cullen has been guiding me to make different parts rather than just intros so that's very good slight mix up anyway so Cugsy what is your choice for the list if I can just throw like a little bit of a curveball in, and I'm not being greedy, but can I suggest two, please? As you develop the list and you add them to the list, I will allow okay. that. No, one, one AI takes over, no. No, so <laughs> one is, obviously, we've just been speaking about AI, and as like as a reference point to it, I'm going to say that new Beatles tune. Oh, yes. Um, it's, it's, the, it's not the greatest. Of, I like, think it's cool. I quite like it. Yeah, but in the, you know, the canon of work that they've done, it's, it's obviously... Do you, think it'd make an album? Do you think it'd no, make it no, onto no. one of their I mean, albums? Look, it's, it's the third one that's been created from a John Lennon idea. And all three of them, let's face it, they've all been okay 
it, it, it's the, the sentimental side of it uh, for me, which is the fact that they've allowed to create some new music from a vocal performance. And, you know, it's it, it's nice. And my second choice is, um, it's a song by a group called The Blue Nile, and it's called Tinseltown in the Rain. Um, right. Have a listen to Looking it. Looking forward to listening to these, because what I do is I listen back to the podcast, and then I go back to the playlist each week and listen to the new tunes that, like, obviously we discovered, because you can nice. find some good, good but gems But this, this is about, that's, it's probably coming up to, like, 40 years old, that, Blue Nile song, okay, so the second, second live choice is from Adam Lamb. Now, Adam Lamb should have been here as another psychonaut like Joe here today. Obviously, he's phoned in today with the leggy, so apologies from him. And he picked Burning Down the Prairie by Ian Noah, is it? Someone out there somewhere's been walking with two wicked feet. Daddy's on a Daddy's on a rampage it, it every night. I hear him crying. He said someone out there somewhere's been stalking like a mountain lion. Like That's that. Picture like Boogie as well, isn't it? Picture Boogie. Torch, yeah. Okay, Flynn, have you got one for this week? My lost in music trap. Is in my mind. Do you mean in my mind by Dinoro and Gianni Agostino? Yeah, that's the one. Oh, that one, yeah. Cool. So get that added, Cugs. Okay, the third one is a bit of a curveball. So I asked the AI to <laughs> oh, pick no. a track based on the name oh, of the podcast. You see, now I've done this. I've been to one of these digital raves okay. and the DJs are shite. So <laughs> it's called Galactic Pulse by Pirate Music. No techno. <laughs> not a bad little choice for the AI, like, is it? I, it's, it's not what it's I It's not a classic, it's, like. No, it's not, no. It's all right, though. You can own you. It's, just, it's got a few bits in it. Do you mean it'll be track. implanted in your brain yeah, digitally? Yeah. As you go into it on a bus. Yeah. <laughs> the next one is sent in by our very own Jay Kendall. And it was My Prayer by the Platters. And he's put this on as a, as a O2's granddad's and his, his grandma's love for each other because they played it and they were quite adored each other while ah, they played nice, it. So nice. that was the reason for Shout that. out Jay Kendall. And it, Coley, what did Coley yeah, pick? Yeah, Coley picked an absolute belter. He messaged me, and you know what? This is What happens at parties in social clubs? He used to be at them once a month. He hasn't picked Come On Eileen, has he? No, he's picked the Gap Band Oops Upside Your Head. Yes. Now, if you rem- if you remove the thoughts of the social club parties and sitting on the floor, just listen to the tune. It's a belter. The bass line absolutely thumps on it. The first song I ever danced to with me missus. Yes, and oh, sat, God, you said that And then. sat on a was, sticky floor was, was she, <laughs> in, was, in the squires. Was, in Walton. was she the big spoon? Well, you know. <laughs> <laughs> right, I've gone here for a sort of like sort of choice on, on what we were talking about today. So I've gone here for Electric Dreams by Human League. Oh. <laughs> I only knew you for, for a while. I never saw your smile till it was time to go. Time to go. 
<laughs> you know why I went for it, don't you? Electric dreams. Yeah, the movie Electric Dreams, where the computer falls in love with his bed, doesn't he? Oh, computer yeah. says no. Yeah. The computer says nice. no. And that was Lost in Music. Yeah. Yes. So that'll be uploaded to the playlist, which yeah. you can access on the socials. Yeah. Get involved. We want to hear some new music, don't we? Yeah. There's a whole wide choice of different stuff. I tell you what, though, while we've got them on, we've just been speaking about the Beatles, but Niall Rogers and Bernard Hopkins, you can't play those songs. That, Not there's a reason that there are no sheet cover bands. No one can bloody play those bass lines and that. No, no as soon as you hear that guitar sound, you know yeah. that it's Niall Rogers. But it's very incredible. So lastly, we want to talk about this. After our interview with Harry from My Haunted Hotel, last week we took him up on his offer of going to the Haunted Hotel. So we're going to do a little five-minute review about how absolutely fantastic that place was. So I'll let you guys rip. Obviously, we turned up and... It's an old building, isn't it? It yeah. must be 500 years old. 400, 401 years old, I think he said it was. But it used to be something before that, so possibly five. Right. right, so it was quite a stormy day and we arrived and we already felt like quite a... It was a bit spooky, wasn't vibe. it? It was raining, like it was windy. Vibe, yeah, it? it was like pathetic fallacy. You had like the weather setting the scene. So me, Cogsy, my dad turned up and we went into this car park and there was already like trippy lights, weren't there? There was lights that were going on and off, and we were like already shitting it was ourselves. Dark as well, wasn't yeah, it was very dark. So we went in, and the decorations were like just so spooky. Old Tudor architecture, it was. And I read when I was looking at the menu actually that the foundations of the building go back to the 1200s. So, so it's old, yeah. yeah, yeah. 800 but years yeah, old. We basically, it's kind of like a tour, but it's kind of like a staying in a hotel. So They've got cameras in every room. They've got microphones, night vision and all that. And so they'll say, they say to us, right, you lot go into room six. So we're off we go into room six, which is the most haunted room. And there was some, there was some call and response, wasn't there, with the supernatural inhabitants of the well, building? Well, first of all, we, we met Harry in the pub part. He sat with us and had a little chat about the building. Top then, guy. Then Top it was time. Guy. We moved on to the first floor, which they've got a big screen and some, there's a big seance table. And they do a bit of a briefing and tell you what your night's going to be about. We were allocated the most haunted room to start with. Mm -hmm. uh, and we moved around the rooms accordingly. But the briefing was absolutely fantastic. It's like we're going to Quasar, but for ghosts, wasn't it? <laughs> right, so actually in the briefing, when we were getting briefed, this before we went any of like, the most haunted rooms, I felt like a cold finger go across my neck. It was so freaky and I could describe exactly how I felt now. It was like a cold breeze. It was like as if someone's arm brushed past you and I was already scared at that point. So it set me up for the whole night. After this, we're in the briefing room at my haunted hotel in big letters. Everyone was ready to go. And Harry came up to us. Amazing man, by the way. Amazing guy. Came up and gave us a tour right before. So nice one for that, Harry. And he came up and went, right, you're in one of the most haunted rooms first. So off we went to room six. And 
It was decorated quite contemporary, you know, rocking chair, pentagram, pentagram on the floor. The floor yeah. you know, like just, Four you know, poster bed. It was, yeah, it was, it was spooky. I must say, we're, we're excitable at the start. For the first time, we basically fucked about it. Yeah, so... Because we were excited. Be, it was one of those where, like, you know, we'd be saying, uh, oh, come on, you know... Well, it, it, we had like the obvious one. Oh, I wonder if ours is going to be a ghost and it'll put the willies <laughs> up me, that sort of thing. But then, it was, uh, you know, we started like, oh, no, look, let's, let's just like chill out. Let's just start acting serious. And then we heard a couple of sounds where it was like, like, what's that? You could converse with them on like a walkie-talkie and say, listen, we've just heard such and such a sound in this part of the room. And they were like, right, you know, we've just played that back. We can't hear something and we can't explain it. So... The first room, not really that much. It felt really sinister, though. It felt like you were under pressure yeah. in the room. It was very hard to explain. I think it was one of those as well that you wanted. You wanted we've to hear out something. There, though, is they gave us these like machines, REM, REM pods, they REM record. pods, they're ghost detectors. So if you put it, put it in the corner of the room and walk past it, it goes nuts. Yeah. It starts beeping and flashing. So what we did was we put it in the corner and all sat away from it, and then it just now and again would just randomly go off. Which was kind of yeah. like, yeah, yeah that just true. puts the creeps on you. Like, <laughs> so did we go from then to the museum room? Was it? Yeah. yeah, the museum room. So by that this time we'd settled down. We looking some voodoo dolls, me soft ass, I'm playing whatever. And as usual, John's crapping himself as usual. As usual, I'm playing with all voodoo masks and everything. Anyway, we we decided to crapping myself out of fear, not because yeah. of a big dinner. Let, or anything, let's just like, let's yeah. relax, and we just lying on the floor. Also with the museum this. room, they left the door open. So it's it was like, if you, leave, yeah, the door if you leave the door open. So as we're in there, the next thing, we're, you know, we're listening out for anything and clear as day on the corridor was the sound of like, Someone whether it was a box past, or yeah, like yeah. A, some, it was something getting dragged along the floor. And I we just all went, see down the corridor. The, what is that? Yeah. And hear it, but see nothing. And I just I, went white. I have a very specific memory of me being cool as ice while the three of you shit <laughs> <laughs> No, that was you with your eyes shut going, After that, we, we got split up into two smaller rooms. So I went with Flynn into the mirror room, which was creepy as hell. And you guys went into like, like the a boudoir. Sort of, yeah, it was like, a, like branches growing around it and stuff. And, we were quite rowdy in our room eh, because we were looking at these mirrors and they were like dark or black mirrors. But when we were looking in them, it didn't look like you. It looked like someone pretending to be you. It was so, so creepy. And um, So yeah, it was called, the mirror itself was white, but it was called a black mirror. And basically it was believed to go into a different dimension and it said, just be careful what you do. When you were looking in, it said, look through yourself. And it was like someone pretending to be you. But, you know, your face shape so particular. It was just, it wasn't you. And when you put your hand out, it was like you were going into a different dimension. But when we swapped rooms, we went into the, that, that room with the mirrors and you came into our room. But we, we heard the same noise as you heard. But it wasn't us making them. It wasn't you, you making them. You thought we were walking about We again. thought you were making loads of noise with yeah. footsteps. And you told us off for making too much noise. So we said, right, we'll chill in this room. And then you thought we were moving about. And we thought you were moving about. But actually, everyone was still. So you could hear footsteps up and down. You heard the chain rattle by your bed or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was weird. It was good. I'm, I was sceptical about the existence of ghosts. Sceptical. But I'm a lot less sceptical now I went to the Haunted Hotel. We definitely, there was definitely something going on. Are you going to move on to the, the, the crib room now? Yeah. So we're in this room and we were all like dotted around. And I, 
went over and sat on like this uh, this like like a really low bed like, like a child's bed yeah. wasn't it yeah and it had like uh, some kind of like lace around like the, the the back end of it so i was like i'm sat there and i had like a big heavy like winter coat on and as soon as i sat down there within a minute it was absolutely freezing and i said to these listen it's freezing cold over here and Flynn came over and he instantly just said, Oh my god, it's he said like this it's like night and day. Yeah, like it was between it was that between that day. room, like a couple of feet. I remember you had that woman's finger, didn't Right. Yeah. And then um and I'll go round so everyone can give you the evidence of it. We heard this woman singing, but it was more like a mm, it was more like a hum. Like a hum. And we heard it so many times and the people who owned the hotel just said they couldn't explain it. So that was probably one of the most scary parts of the night. So after that, Duff, Duff man had to split, didn't you? Yeah, I had a business meeting. I wasn't scared. I just yeah, had something so to Duff do. Man half went 11. home to yeah. empty his brown pants out. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we had a little tour with Harry, didn't we? He showed us. Well, we'd done a seance first, didn't we? Done yeah. a seance and not much happened apart from it was hilarious, <laughs> by the way. Because there's loads of other people in, staying in the hotel and like they're big like really ghost believe, hunters. Ghost hunters, yeah. yeah. And like they're really like asking some Passionate. big questions. And all I can think is things that I'm going to rip them on. And I had to really <laughs> sit on my hands because I didn't know how they'd take it. So I, I behaved myself like... There was, a, there was one guy who was like, was like had a really, really... Who's the one of Venus? He was dead camp, like Clinton Baptiste. Yeah, Clinton Baptiste. <laughs> and he was one of them going, hey, Charles, Charles, just make a sound. Just make a sound for us, Charles. In fact, but just make a noise. Give us a word, Charles. Give us a... <laughs> I don't know what stopped me from going nonce. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was funny. And then it, it was Charles was... He run the brothel or something. Apparently, he was really bad to the women. And, and this, this girl's <laughs> going, I'm going, come on, Charles. You don't like it, do you? Because a woman's... A woman's challenging you and all this. Like, he's going to come out and go, oh, right, so I'm going to throw some ectoplasm at you. So she was trying to provoke the ghost. Yeah, ah, yeah. yeah. But uh, anyway, he said, we'll, we'll, we'll bullet it and we'll come back to the seance later. So Harry gave us a tour of the back... The control room, yeah. it's like Big Brother with all the different screens on for the cameras, and that was really good. And he showed us some footage of previous stuff that happened in the hotel, like glasses flying off, off the bar and stuff like that. The people who work in the bar are just picking them up off the floor, going to the punters, yeah, that's just a ghost again, and putting them back. They're not even asked because it happens Used that much. It. So it's definitely, there's definitely something going on <laughs> in that place. We've also seen a little bit more as to like what yeah, happens for, in the For data protection, we'll, we won't go there, but let's just say some... Some ghosts were having nookie on yeah. one of the beds who stayed that night. Mm, yeah. That's all that's all willing to say. Yeah, so I recommend going there thoroughly. So what know. is it? My haunted hotel. My haunted hotel. I'm gonna put a link in the description. Harry, we can't thank it you enough. Brilliant experience, yeah. Amazing. Okay. Shout out to anyone. Shout out. Shout out to the whole cast today for coming. It's been an amazing podcast. So shout out to all of them and shout out to the listeners. Leon Darnell, I want to give a particular shout out. Lee Bledo as well. I can't think of, there's a few. There's a few that they're all in contact on Facebook and Instagram. They're quite, yeah. quite lively. Jay Kendall, Jay you Ryan, know, Coley, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The, the usual guys who are always support us. Lisa, uh, Lisa Potter, uh, yeah. Lisa Williams, um, lads at Number Forty Two Podcast. Yeah, Lockie, Sai, John Ennigan. You know, big shout out yeah, to them. That's right, lads. Everyone's yeah, everyone's been quite supportive in the background. Yeah, right? it's been so nice to have just yeah, a big shout out to Crypto Kev. I had some amazing news this week and made up to here, mate. And uh, what did all this Bitcoin come in? 
<laughs> no, it's better than that. It's a personal thing, so I won't. But uh, someone who we thought was ill isn't ill. And so, yeah, brilliant. But, yeah, amazing news, Kev. And, uh, yeah, hope you're enjoying the show and hope you're well. And I'll see you soon, mate. I'll give a shout-out to Joe the Barber. Uh, <laughs> yeah, massive You were absolutely yes. brilliant on this tonight. And that whole bit about, like, the, the psychedelics was just so interesting Thanks and well put so Joe thank you very much mate no pleasure pop, to come pop on to your podcast Sherry as well yeah, nice. yeah, yeah that's yeah. it yeah. Oh, nice no, that was really nice thanks guys well, and that that was the pod noise thanks for listening everyone bye bye thanks, thanks for everyone. listening everyone bye